Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. I uh, do want to mention to you this uh, wonderful resource. It's called the Version. If you haven't uh, already discovered it, it's absolutely free. You can download it on your phone or your device. All kinds of wonderful resources there. But in particular, lower right-hand corner, there's a drop-down menu under Events. Search for Arlington FM and you will find a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. And uh, also, speaking of our messages, when you're on your podcast player, if you'd uh, likewise search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, uh, speaking of our teaching content, uh, we're in a brand new series that started last week. It's called Own Your Journey. And it's the idea that uh, our lives uh, are a journey. And you know that. And well, so is our faith walk, uh, full of many twists and turns and uh, unexpected adventures along the way. And uh, here is a key truth that's going to run throughout this series. Uh, everyone ends up somewhere. Uh, your journey is taking you somewhere, whether it's in your marriage or your career, or your friendships, your purpose in life. Uh, but how about this novel idea? How about ending up somewhere on purpose? How about deciding which direction our journey needs to go and uh, making, uh, making it a point uh, to head uh, towards that coordinate, uh, whatever that might be, uh, we can exercise our, the volition of our will. We can set our course. And uh, here's another key truth that runs throughout this series, and that's the idea that our greatest good is found in becoming who God designed us to be. That's the journey of our faith. Uh, this great uh, theologian in the second century, uh, known as Irenaeus of Smyrna, he wrote these words, the glory of God is man fully alive, but the life of man is the vision of God. And what he's saying uh, is uh, that our greatest good uh, is found in becoming what God has designed us to be. And uh, as, we, as we do that, uh, we, we find not only find great joy, uh, but we glorify God. Uh, God created us, uh, each one of us uniquely uh, designed by him with a certain mix of talents and abilities and uh, priorities and perspectives. And, uh, you know, King David, he, he leaned into this truth that his greatest joy would be found in becoming the person that God imagined him to be. And uh, he marveled at, at how comprehensive God's thoughts towards him were. This wonderful psalm, Psalm 139, where he, he references God as knitting him together in his mother's womb, knowing his days before one of them ever came to be. And here's what he said about the thoughts of God toward him. He said, how precious to me, God, are your thoughts. Uh, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Now think about that. All the grains of sand in the deserts of the earth, the seashores. Uh, David uh, clued into this miraculous truth that uh, our heavenly creator has immense, immeasurable, innumerable thoughts toward us. And uh, what we're contending is that our journey of faith is meant to discover and realize and uh, live out those wonderful intentions that God has for us and toward us. Uh, we looked last week at the Apostle Paul as an example of someone who likewise caught uh, that truth. 
and spent his life, his journey, moving towards the thoughts that God had for him in Christ. Here's what he said. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I don't live out all the intentions that God has for me. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful statement. Uh, Paul says, along the way in this journey, uh, here's a lesson I've learned. I've learned that I have to forget what's behind and continually lean into uh, what is in front of me. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, the truths that comes out of the Bible and out of uh, the examples of people of faith is that our journeys are made up of different stages and seasons. You know that. Uh, there, you would express this as, well, that was a really tough time in life, or that was a really blessed time. Uh, but we know that our, our lives kind of progress along uh, different seasons and stages. I remember I was once offered a, a job in Hawaii, of all places, and uh, one of the reasons I said no to the job offer is after spending three weeks there, I thought, there are no seasons here. It's just summer all the time. Every day, it's 86 degrees, uh, sunshine, uh, sand, and surf. And you, you know, you may call me crazy for turning down that opportunity, but the, the truth of the matter is, for me, variety it is indeed the spice of life. And I love this thought uh, that uh, we, we can move to the end, move through one season, put that behind us, and live into the next one. By the way, uh, if you were here on campus this weekend, uh, we call this a graduation Sunday, graduation weekend, and uh, we make a big deal of all of our grads, and so uh, just a shout out, congratulations to anyone out there who's graduated from anything, but especially our high school graduates, and what a reminder uh, that, you know, our life does indeed progress in stages and in seasons. And uh, as these graduates know full well, uh, they're closing the chapter on a, an extended season of their lives, and they're about to enter the next one. And, uh, you know, Paul says, uh, my lean is not what is behind me, but what is ahead. And uh, here's one of the, the keys of today's message, is that uh, making life's journey the best that it can be, requires something of us. We need to learn to appreciate those seasons of life and know how to move through them, uh, how to move into the next one, how to learn what we were meant to learn from the previous one and move forward. You know, I saw a documentary this week. It was about uh, the rigorous uh, process that becoming a Hindu monk uh, goes through. And not only do they have to learn the sacred texts and be able to recite them chapter upon chapter, they also need to become experts at Kung Fu. And uh, here's a picture of a, one of these monks. And uh, every three years, they get a chance to uh, pass through this stage of training. And uh, if they don't perfectly, ex by the way, there's a monk you don't want to mess with. <laughs> he, he looks like he knows his stuff. But if you make one mistake, in this Kung Fu exhibition, uh, you don't get another try until three years later. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a closer to home illustration of the importance of learning what we have to learn so that we can move on to the next stage in our journey. 
uh, I have a five-year-old grandson, and uh, he loves to play video games. And occasionally, he'll be up visiting, and we'll give him his allotted time to play video games. And I'll, I'll hear kind of some uh, expressions of frustration coming from him. And uh, what's, I know what's happening. He's getting stuck on a level. And I look over, and there's a tear coming down his cheek. And I'll say, Johnny, what's the matter? And uh, pretty soon, there'll be a full-scale meltdown. What's going on? He's stuck. He can't get past the stage that he's in to get to the stage that he'd like to be. And, you know, we all kind of chuckle at that. But as adults, we do the very same thing. Uh, One of the most discouraging parts of our journey of faith and our journey through life is feeling that we're we're running in circles, uh, feeling like we're stuck, dealing with the same things that we've been dealing with perhaps for years, even decades. And uh, uh, one of the questions I'd like you to think about is what's the key? You know, how do, we, how do we learn what we need to learn in order to move on to the next stage in our journey? And well, uh, there's a lot of wisdom out there that you could gravitate towards. Uh, one of them is suggests this, live with no regrets. You know, every night when you go to bed, uh, determine that you're not going to carry a heart and a head full of regrets about the things you didn't do and uh, therefore compromise tomorrow by today's failures and setbacks. Well, that's a, a bit of wisdom that has some application, but I think here's a better wisdom when it comes to our regrets. Uh, how about rather than living with no regrets, since we all have them, how about we learn from our regrets? Uh, how about we learn from our failures and setbacks? In fact, uh, A guy named Daniel Pink uh, authored a book recently. It's called The Power of Regret, and that's how looking back can propel us forward or help us move forward in life. And, uh, you know, uh, there's some wisdom to that. Uh, When we think about uh, what I wished I would have done, we can learn from that. Uh, How I wished I would have reacted to that person, things I wish that I didn't say to my wife, You know, whatever the regret might be, if we'll take the time to sift through them, they can actually bring wisdom into our lives and propel us forward into that next uh, journey. Well, uh, where I want to go in this message is that uh, the Apostle Paul, who we've looked at as a model of uh, being on that journey towards God's best, uh, he has some wisdom that I think is profound, and it uh, comes to us through one of his letters, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In this particular chapter, uh, Paul, as he usually does, is highlighting the difference between a religion that's based on rules and regulations and one that's based on a dynamic interaction with God and the person of Jesus Christ. I hear that contrast because it's a big deal with the Apostle Paul, and it's a big deal for us in our journey of faith. He's contrasting a religion that's based on adherence to a set of rules and regulations, i.e. the Old Testament law and the the prophets, versus uh, a faith journey that's based on a dynamic interaction with God as he's made himself known through Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, Paul begins to highlight uh, the difference these two make in our journey of faith. He says, uh, as we walk with Christ, We're not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Quick history lesson. 
when Moses came down the mountain from receiving the Ten Commandments, we're told his face was glowing. Uh, he had a God-induced uh, tan. And, uh, but what uh, happened is within days, that glow on his face started to fade. And so he put a veil over his face to cover up the fact that uh, he wasn't as glorious as he once was. And uh, Paul uses that illustration to say, as we walk with Christ, we don't need to put a veil of pretense uh, over our faces, covering up the reality of what's happening in our hearts. He goes on, he says, uh, as people uh, think about the Old Testament and the rules and regulations as uh, things that we can actually do, he says their minds are made dull. For to this day, the same veil of pretense remains when the Old Covenant is read. It's not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. And uh, here's what Paul is saying. Uh, if we look at the, the Bible, the teachings of the Bible, especially the Ten Commandments, and we think that uh, adhering to them uh, somehow uh, makes us more pleasing to God, We've missed the point. We've missed the point of why those scriptures and those truths were given. They were given for one reason, to show us our desperate need for forgiveness. You know, if we read the, uh, the commandments with any other response than oops, uh, we've misread them because they are meant to lead us uh, to our desperate need for the forgiveness and mercy that are found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, I would say it like this, uh, any sense of moral superiority is a masquerade, it's a pretense, it's pretend spiritual maturity. Uh, when we think that our adherence uh, to the laws and the commandments make, uh, puts us rung up over people who could care less about uh, God's ordinances, uh, we've misread them. We're pretending to be further along in our journey than we really are. Uh, here's another way Paul says it in one of his other letters. He says, look, the goal of all of our teaching, the goal of our instruction is this. It's to produce love, which comes out of a, a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. In other words, uh, what Paul is saying is if uh, our, our delving into the truths of God leaning into uh, God's will and his ways, if it doesn't produce in us this overflowing heart of love for people and all of their ugliness, we're misreading the truth of God. We're failing at the number one test. You know, I heard somebody talk about their driver's test recently, and they said as they were uh, uh, progressing along uh, the uh, test giver was sitting in the passenger seat and said turn here and uh, he turned instantly the wrong way on a one-way street the uh the instructor looked at him he said test over uh, you failed you, you, if you're turning the wrong way on one-way streets you obviously don't know how to drive well paul is saying look uh, the evidence of our journey really leading us towards god's will in our lives is love for people that comes out of a pure heart and a good conscience. And if that's not being produced at the very core of who we are, we're misreading it. We failed the test, and it's time to go back to the same level. 
And uh, you know, Paul goes on. He says, uh, now here's the contrast to that way of uh, faking spiritual maturity. He says, uh, the contrast is this. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, turns to Jesus, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, Paul is saying, look, when we give up trying to adhere to rules and regulations, and we make it our practice to turn uh, to Jesus, uh, that means uh, symbolically so much, uh, turning to him rather than away. It means being open, being receptive, and uh, actually uh, being in a place where we can be guided and directed by the Lord of life. I, I would say it like this as it relates to your spiritual journey. Uh, turning to Jesus every day is the best and perhaps the only way to keep your faith journey moving forward. Turning to him every day, multiple times throughout the day in a spirit of openness and receptivity is the only way to keep our spiritual journey moving towards God's best for our lives. Well, why is that? Well, Paul goes on. Here's why that's true. He says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Uh, that barrier, that, that mask, that, that need to pretend to be someone that we're really not at the core of our being, that's removed. Uh, you could say it like this, uh, the barrier that dulls our minds and deadens our hearts towards God, uh, those are removed when we turn to Jesus you know, we no longer uh, have to pretend to be anything other than what we are. Uh, people who are desperately in need of God's grace and mercy, experiencing his unmerited favor, and learning to walk with him on this journey through life. Uh, you know, uh, uh, someone said it like this, uh, as far as uh, this keeping us moving forward in our progress towards spiritual wholeness and health and maturity. They said, lo, shame environments create high transformation. In other words, when you're in an environment where you feel like you have to cover up and pretend your, your warts, your failures, your flaws, we tend to get stuck. We don't move on to the next levels of growth and transformation, but when there's low shame, when we can come out of hiding, know that we're accepted as we are because of the mercy of Jesus Christ, lo and behold, a change begins to happen. Here's why Paul says he goes on. He says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, read that with me, would you? Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, when we turn to him, there is freedom. Uh, freedom to change. Uh, freedom to, uh, uh, to look at our regrets to learn from them, and to move forward uh, in our lives. Uh, you know, uh, when we turn to the Lord, uh, something unique happens. Uh, we begin to see how good God really is, uh, expressed completely and fully in the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul writes this, uh, we all with unveiled faces uh, contemplate the Lord's glory. Uh, we think about, we behold, we marvel, we're infatuated by just how good and gracious and giving and generous Jesus Christ is and how he revealed the true heart of God. Uh, you know that word contemplate, 
is really a wonderful reality. It means to behold attentively, uh, to uh, uh, kind of uh, sense the true meaning or essence of something. It signifies a more earnest contemplation uh, than an ordinary uh, looking and seeing. You might say it like this. Uh, you know, you could see a rainbow and go, oh, there's a rainbow, a big deal. Uh, but maybe uh, several years ago, you saw this video of a guy who saw a double rainbow, and uh, he was overwhelmed. He was brought to tears. He said, oh, my gosh, uh, a double rainbow. By the way, I saw a parody on that video. Uh, recently, it was Darth Vader marveling at a double rainbow. Pretty funny, but the truth of the matter is we can see something or we can really behold, contemplate, and uh, Paul is saying, look, you want to make progress in your spiritual journey? You want to move from this level to the next? You want to learn those lessons and, and move on to what's, uh, what God has in store for you? Well, here's how you do it. Uh, turn to Jesus, behold him, contemplate him, and let him remove the cover-up and the fear of failure and get in, engaged with where he's going. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Paul ends uh, this wonderful invitation, really, by saying, as we behold the goodness of the Lord, and uh, let's look at that scripture again, uh, we are being changed. We're being transformed at the very core of who we are into his image with ever-increasing glory. There's those levels. They never stop. They just go from one to the other as we move uh, closer and closer to taking on the fullness of character of Jesus Christ. You know, next week is Father's Day, and uh, we're going to look at uh, what that fullness uh, of uh, character of Christ really looks like. In fact, uh, one of the gospel writers said uh, he, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with people. Uh, he grew in every way possible as he experienced his own journey through this life. And uh, we're going to uh, kind of apply that to uh, fathers, to all of us who've had a father. And uh, I hope that you'll uh, kind of anticipate, uh, come and join us, uh, check us out online. But uh, that's going to be a great message on the, uh, the kind of uh, transformation that Paul is talking about here that all of us uh, get to experience as we uh, turn and experience the goodness of Christ with us on our journey. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we want to thank you uh, for, uh, for life. Thank you for all the complexities of life. Thank you for the challenges of life. And Lord, thank you that it was never your intention uh, that we would uh, somehow see your precepts, your ways, your commands, your standards, and uh, we would try to become something that we're not. Uh, rather, Lord, uh, your truth is given to bring revelation, to bring understanding of how desperately we need you. We need a miracle. Lord, we can't live out your ways with an old disposition and old hearts. But, but thank you. That's exactly uh, what you brought to us, God, through the new covenant, through the gift of your son. You said you'd put a, a new heart within us. You'd put your spirit within us. Lord, you'd remove uh, the, the, the need to, to fake anything we can be authentic followers of Jesus Christ being changed into his image. Maybe as you, you've heard this message this morning, you realize, you know, I've never really 
turn to Jesus in the way that you're talking about, but there's something in me that, that longs to do that. Uh, I would say uh, act on that. That's called faith, and how faith grows is we step toward uh, where that faith is leading us. Uh, maybe you would express that faith in this way. Uh, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for what I've heard that you have thoughts and intentions about my life. My greatest good is found in leaning into those thoughts, and I want to open up to that. I want to open up to your son, Jesus, to the gift of life. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, that uh, your forgiveness, uh, your uh, mercy, your grace uh, locks me into a relationship with my creator, and I pray that uh, you teach me as I open my heart to you, that you would teach me how to turn to you every day so that I can go from glory to glory, experiencing your goodness in this life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.